All right. Hello, everybody. How are you all going? Give me a thumbs up if you're going well. Good. All right. So, um, it's awesome to be Zooming with you guys again tonight. Uh, we miss seeing you guys face-to-face, -face, at least I do, and I think the others do as well. Um, and we're really looking forward to being able to come back together soon um, to see you guys. We miss you. Um, what we've been doing at the moment, we're travelling through the Gospel of Mark um, this term. Um, and as we looked at a few weeks ago, we learned that the gospel means good news in Greek. And it's good news because it tells a story about Jesus. Right? So today we're continuing through Mark. We're up to Mark 5. And we're going to be looking at why Jesus is good news from what Jesus does in this passage. So before we get into it, um, you're all going to need, like you said, a piece of paper and a pen. And you're also going to need a Bible. So I'm going to give you another 30 seconds to just grab a piece of paper, pen, and the Bible. Open up to Mark 5, chapter 1. And then after 30 seconds, um, my good friend Deck is going to read out Mark 5, 1 to 20 for us. All right, go for it, Deck. Ready, yo. Mark chapter 5, starting all the way from verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his, of top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tended to the pigs ran off and reported this in town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your, to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how, he has, and how he has mercy on you. The man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. Thank you, Declan. This is a pretty um, wild account, right, of a day in the life of Jesus and his followers. Um, so what I want you to do, um, I want someone to put in the chat what has just come before this. So you're going to have to look at the end of chapter 4 and see what has just happened to Jesus and his followers and put it in the chat. 
That's right. So I think Declan got in there first. So Jesus has just calmed the storm. So it's important to remember that in our Bibles today, we've got numbers in them that helps us um, read it. So it's split up into smaller sections. Yes, Sam, voting. Um, but those were actually added later. So it's really important to remember that when this book was written by Mark, um, these stories just flowed on from each other. There wasn't a gap. So what's just happened is the disciples, they've been on the water. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. This was like, um, okay, it's a big, big lake. The lake is so big that they call it the sea, even though it's just a lake. Um, so they went in there and while they're going, there's this massive, massive storm, right? And the disciples are really scared. They think they're going to die. Um, now Jesus, of course, super chill. He's actually just sleeping. And the disciples are like, whoa, what's happening here? Wake up. We need you to like fix this, right? So what does Jesus do? He calms the storm. So the disciples are probably a bit on edge, right? They're a bit scared. They don't know why they're going to the other side. They just jumped in the boat and there's a storm. They're going to the other side and they finally make it. So with this in mind, we've got Jesus' followers. They're about um, probably about my age, if not a bit younger, young teenagers. They've just been in the storm. They're probably freaking out, right? Um, but as we go on, we're going to see that for the disciples, this day has just gone from bad to the absolute worst day ever them so um have your bibles open in verse one we see that they arrive in the gerasenes now this was a region on the total other side of the lake um and it was a region that was full of foreigners right so the gerasenes this was a gentile region which means they were non-jews and jesus and all his followers were jews um so and jews hung out with jews right so this is a really foreign place they were already scared so with that all in mind what happens in this chapter um, Jesus, they arrive on the other side of the lake, Jesus gets out of the boat and a naked, dirty, angry, strong man comes running towards Jesus. Now, if you put yourself in that situation, that's pretty scary, right? This guy who comes running towards Jesus would have been terrifying. They were already having a bad day with this storm. They probably don't want to be in this foreign place. It's scary. And we see in verse three, four and five that this man was living amongst the dead in the tombs he couldn't be chained by anyone no one could control him he would cry out and he would cut himself at night right it's pretty crazy now it goes on to say that this man he's demon possessed he's full of evil spirits that wrecked his life that destroyed his relationships no one could contain this man um he did what he wanted right and we see that in the second half of verse four it says no one was strong enough to subdue him but something crazy happens, right? When this man and the spirits within him see Jesus. Um, Jesus doesn't need to introduce himself. It's pretty crazy that this man and the spirits within him, they know who Jesus is the second he walks off that boat. And he actually, he runs towards Jesus. Um, disciples are probably freaking out, right? If you're thinking they're behind Jesus in the boat, they see this guy coming. They're like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And what does this guy do? He falls on his knees in front of Jesus and actually terrified of Jesus' power. We see that in verse seven. He begs Jesus. He begs him. He says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. This guy is terrified of Jesus. Now, what does Jesus do? Jesus has compassion on the man and he sends these evil spirits away into a herd of pigs. Um, poor pigs, right? About 2,000 of them. And they jump 
off the cliff. Now, this might seem pretty crazy. We're not going to chat heaps about it tonight, but it's important to note that um, for Jewish people, pigs were unclean, right? They were unclean. You couldn't be near them. You wouldn't want to be um, around them, and you definitely couldn't eat them. So Jesus has sent an unclean spirit into unclean animals, right? So that's happened. And what happens to the man? And we see that this man, after Jesus has done this, this man has a 180-degree turnaround in his life. Now, Mark makes the point of saying that the man is now addressed, which for most of us wouldn't be remarkable, right? I, I had a meeting with Nikki and Sam today. I didn't come home to my wife and say, how was your meeting? Oh, they were dressed. Like, it's assumed, right? So, but for this man, Mark puts it in there because it was very remarkable. This guy was dressed. How long since this guy's been dressed? The second thing he does, he was sitting. He says he was sitting. The same thing. I wouldn't come home and say, oh, you know, Mika's asked, how was the meeting? I would have said, oh, yeah, they were dressed and they were sitting. Like, of course they were, right? Of course they were. But it's so remarkable that this man is dressed, he's sitting, and he's in his right mind. He's in his right mind. Now, um, this wouldn't normally be scary. This is pretty normal. But this town was so afraid because of the huge turnaround in this guy's life. They were actually afraid of because how big the turnaround was. So when Jesus is about to leave, getting back into the boat, this man who's had this huge turnaround runs to Jesus and begs him to go with him and be with him. But instead, Jesus tells him, go home and tell your people around your home how much the Lord has done for you. So that's what he does, right? He tells the people in his town and city what Jesus has done for him. And it says they were amazed. Now, if you think about it, um, if we were in that situation, I think we would have been pretty amazed as well. I think it's pretty telling how amazing it was that Mark said he was dressed, sitting and in his right mind because they're not unremarkable things for a normal person very remarkable for this man. So I'm pretty amazed by this story. If we were there, I think our minds would have been blown. The disciples are probably like, what is going on? What a crazy day. I'm just meant to be a fisherman. Seriously. Um, and so although this man couldn't be chained by outsiders, his heart and soul, his life was totally chained by these demons right? His whole life was controlled. So to work out how this story is good news for us, we're going to get a bit creative. So um, everyone show me your piece of paper. Put your piece of paper up. Good. Everyone needs a piece of paper. Good, 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 good. And show me your pen. Good. All right. So the first thing we're going to be doing on our paper, we're going to be drawing chains that are breaking. Now, I'm going to show you what I mean by this, um, but I'm a terrible, terrible drawer. So you're just going to have to bear with me and see what I do and then do it better. Okay. So I'm going to try and I, I'm on my phone. So this might be better. So you can see. Sorry, give me one moment. All right. So you've got your paper, right? And what you do is, oops, this is harder than I thought. You get, um, you start over here and you kind of draw some circles, right? Like that, you see that circle there? And then you can fill it out. That's the first link of the chain. Can you see that? There. And then you might draw the next one. So it goes like. Oh, 
Oops, this is not good with the second point. I'm moving to a ball point. Like that, right? And like that. And then that's the next chain. Can you see that? Next chain. So you might do that. So you do that, and then you do another one. So you do boom, boom. So I'm pretty terrible, but that's like, can you see the chains happening here? So I want you to draw that. Now, this is the important bit. This next chain into the middle, that is such a bad chain, I'm so sorry. Um, you go like that, and this chain is open because it's been broken, all right? So we're gonna go like that, and we're gonna leave it like that. Can you see that? That's what you're drawing, but better than me. Do better, people, please. So, and then what you're doing is you're going to do the exact same thing on the other side of the page. So they kind of um, meet in the middle with a, with a gap in the middle where the chain's broken. Does that make sense? So we'll start on the other side. All right, something like that, but do a lot better than me because that is shocking. My chains are not equal. All right, and if you've done that, put it up to the screen so I can see. Very good, Katie, love it. Thanks, Laura. Now, for dramatic effect, you can, in the middle here, you can draw some little, like, chunks that have kind of, like, a result of this thing snapping, if you want. So, like, I don't know what else. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe some, like, dots. Like, something like that, if you want to add some dramatic flair to it. So now what we have is um, a chain and the chain is breaking in your page. This was a lot harder while holding a camera than I expected. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna assume you've all got your chains ready there. Now what we're gonna do, um, we're gonna brainstorm. And so if you have, the answer I want you to chuck it into the chat um, and what are we going to say is we're going to talk about the characteristics of this demon what was this demon like and where we're going to write that we're going to write that in the um, kind of the metal bit of the chain in this bit here so I'll start I'm going to say this demon was strong so I'm going to write I'll put you put it here I'm going to write strong there see that now what what I want you to do is I want you to look through the passage quickly and see what other characteristics you could describe this demon as and chuck it in the chat and we're going to start adding them to our chain. Good, impure. Let's chuck them in. So put that somewhere. Thanks, Deck. Put that one over here. Chuck impure in there. Yep, let's put that in. Homeless. Thanks, Katie. We'll chuck that in without a home to go to. What else is there? I'm going to put, I'll add another one. I've got self-consuming. It completely consume this guy. We'll try to grab two or three more. Desperate. Very good. Let's add that. Yep. Okay. Good. So what was that? That was a loan. Yeah. Let's chuck that in. So look at the chat and keep putting all these in. Yep, possessed, good. All right, we'll go one more, one more. I got aggressive, so we can add that. And uncontrolled, I add as well. Afraid, yep. All right, very good. So there's heaps in there, right? Um, 
Next, what we're going to do, so we've got down what, what the characteristics of the demons were. We're going to look at how these affected this man's life. What did it actually do to him? And we're going to, we're going to write that in the middle of the chain. So like in this section here. So I'll start and I'm going to say that he lost relationships. And chuck it in the chat if you've got other effects. The way that these demons affected this man. Yep. Yep. Self-harm. Awesome. Lost trust. Yep. So chuck them in. Homeless. Very good. Get a couple more. What were the other effects on him? He was an outcast. Yep. Dehumanized. Very good. All right. Can you guys show me your paper and so I can see how you're going? Looking good. All looking Lauren, yours looks awesome. Congrats. All looking better than mine, of course. All right. Very good. So now we've got, we've got some chains and we'll show you out before how this guy, although no one around him could um, chain him down, that these demons were chaining, chaining him. All right. Um, these demons had completely overtaken this man, right? They were strong. They were desperate. They were aggressive. They were impure. They were uncontrollable. They were self-consuming. They were possessed and they made him lose relationships. They made him self-harm. They made him lose trust. They made him dehumanize. They made him homeless. All these different things. And because of this, the result of this for this man was this wasn't a man who was living amongst the people who are alive. This was a man who was actually living amongst the dead. Sorry, I'll put myself back up here. He was actually a man living amongst the dead. Now, Romans 6.23 tells us that the consequence of our sin in our lives is death, right? So just like this man was living amongst the dead, we are also living amongst the dead if our sins still control our lives. Um, so our sin means we have a depraved mind. We give ourselves over to destructive ways. Paul talks about that our heart, Hearts are hard to God. And because of that, Romans 6.23 tells us that the consequence of that is that we are not living amongst the alive. We're living amongst the dead if we don't believe in Jesus. So what you're going to do next on your paper, it's a bit more personal. Um, this is your paper here. What you're going to do, you're going to get your pen and you're going to draw a line from where it's broken to the top of the page up here in a straight line, hopefully. Up there, down, and down. All right, so your paper should look like that. Now, outside these sections, so up here, 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 and here, what you're going to do is you guys are going to take minutes to think about the things in your life, the sin and the issues in your life that affect you like the way that this demon affects this man in Mark 5. Things that cause you to lose self-control, to lose trust, to lose your home in heaven, to ruin your relationship with God. Things that you can't control are strong, um, are aggressive, are impure, just like we wrote about like these demons. What you're going to do, you're going to think about in your life what that looks like. So I want you to write in these sections here, 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 and here, these things. Um, it'll be different for all of you, right? For some of you, it might be 
gossip. For some of you, it might be pornography. For others, um, it might be ignoring God in the way we speak. And for others, it might be greed or pride. So I'm going to give you all a couple of minutes. Think about in your own heart what you struggle with and what affects you like this demon affects this man. All right. So you should now have a piece of paper that looks something like that. Can you guys see that? Oh, which way are we going there? Something like that. All right. Now, if you're comfortable, can someone show it? Hold up theirs. You have to do it so we can see everything, just so I can make sure you guys are on the same page as me. Cool. Awesome. So, um, from this paper, we can see the things in our life that have the characteristics of this demon, right? They're strong. They're desperate. They're impure, that Dex said. Um, they're uncontrollable. They're self-consuming. Um, and they have the same effect on us as well, right? They cause us to lose relationships. They cause us to lose trust. They cause us to be homeless in that our home is not in heaven. And they cause us to live amongst the dead, just like this man was living in the tombs. Um, but thankfully, in this story and in our lives, this is not the end of the story. So we're going to look back at the passage. Get your Bibles open. What happens to the demon when he sees Jesus in verse 6? What happens? He runs and falls on his knees in front of him, begging Jesus not to torture him. Jesus forces this man to his knees. The, the power, glory, and majesty of Jesus stops these demons in their tracks. They tremble at demons' feet, at Jesus' feet, sorry. Now, these demons, they seem super powerful to us, right? The end of verse 4, no one was strong enough to subdue the man when he had the demons. No one. But they just melt away when they meet Jesus. They just melt away. So what we're going to do in our paper, um, we're going to write in the middle of the two chains that were broken. Some of you may have put some debris there. And what I want you to write is I want you to write Jesus in block letters because it's jesus who's the breaker of chains so write that in there in between in that gap between the two chains that are broken jesus in big block letters something like that right you guys can see that so what you've done you've written jesus because he is the breaker of chains now just like he freed this man from the demons the bible tells us that jesus frees us from our sin and the shame and guilt that comes because of our sin. So all the things that we wrote um, about this man in our chains and our paper and all the things in our lives that we struggle with, that we wrote above and below the chains, the Bible says they are broken by Jesus. Their power is broken by Jesus. Jesus breaks the power of sin in our lives and we have to trust him. We have to rely on him and we have to give all we have to him. Right? Jesus, we see in this story, he's the breaker of chains. Right? So to finish up um, this story, we're going to look at the reaction of the man once Jesus has freed him. What is his response? What does he do? And what we're going to be thinking about, what does this guy do to Jesus breaking his chains? And what do we need to do in our lives responding to Jesus in the same way when he breaks our chains? So firstly, what this guy does is that his whole life has been flipped upside down. He was naked, but 
but he's now clothed. He was uncontrolled, but now he sits. His life has had a 180 degree turnaround and everyone notices. So this should be the same with us. When Jesus has broken our chains, taken our sin away, our lives should be so different. Everyone should be able to notice that something has changed. So think about in your life, would people notice? And why or why not would people notice that you've been changed by Jesus? What if, if you were the man in here, what would Mark write that is so remarkable because of the change? For this man, it was that he was dressed, he was in his right mind and that he was sitting. Maybe for one of us, it would be that he doesn't swear. He obeys his teachers. And he's kind to his enemy. Maybe that's what they write about you, right? We have to be changed by Jesus. So that's the first thing that happens to this man. The second thing is that he begs and longs to be with Jesus. And as Christians, that should be our our reaction too. We should long to be with Jesus. We should long for heaven. And Christians have been saying for thousands of years, come, Lord Jesus, come. We should want that in our lives. But what does Jesus say to this man in this story, right? This man comes to him and says, I want to be with you, Jesus. Let me be with you. But what does Jesus say to him? Jesus says, not yet. Jesus um, says in verse 19 um, that he didn't let this guy come with him. He said, not yet. And that's because this man had a job to do. and His job was to do this, Jesus says. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Well, guess what, guys? We have the same mission. It's the same mission given to us as was given to the people following Jesus long ago, that although you may want to be with me now, what you need to do is go and tell people what the Lord has done for you. Go and make disciples of all nations. So in response to Jesus breaking our chains, we should long to be with Jesus, but also recognise the job we have to do to go to our homes, our friends, our families, our sports teams, our universities, our schools, Coles, the cafe, Subway, and to tell them how much Jesus has done for us and how much mercy he has had on us and how awesome it is that Jesus is the breaker of chains. And I'm sure that if we actually went and did that, just like the men in Mark 5, if we went out to all our gun spheres in our life, to, to the shopping centre, to the sports team, to the debating club, to our teachers at school, if we actually did that, I think the reaction would be the same as it is in Mark 5. The people we tell will be amazed. Says there, the end of verse 20, and all the people were amazed. And I believe that would be the same for us if we went and told people the change our lives have had. So um, you're going to head off to your groups now. And I really want you to focus on that last question in your group. You're going to chat about what you can do in your life 
to go out and tell people what Jesus has done for you and to tell people that he is the breaker of chains. So Mickey's going to chuck us in some groups now, hopefully. Yeah, you've um, got uh, just less than 30 minutes, guys. Perfect. And you're going to chat about what this means for you. <laughs> 